Thank you for joining us for today's Pulpit Hour, a message from God's Word brought to you by The Preaching Channel. To listen to this message in its entirety again, to download it or to choose from a variety of other messages, or to listen to preaching 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, log on to WGCRpreaching.net. Uh, Acts, I guess, for just a few minutes tonight, book of Acts chapter 1, and I pray we can be a help and a blessing to you here in the house of God. I appreciate Pastor, this invitation, and I appreciate all the good singing, the choir, the congregation, the AG family. What a blessing. I thank the Lord for that, and I will just try my best to preach that which the Lord laid upon our heart for tonight. Acts chapter 1, you're willing and able to stand tonight. Acts chapter 1, I'll begin reading in verse number 15. Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse number 15. The Bible says, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of the names together were about 120. Here's what Peter says. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased the field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you, Lord, tonight for your mercy and for your grace. Lord, I thank you for the good songs of Zion that have ministered grace to our heart tonight. Oh, Father, I pray now in that name above every name, in the name of Jesus, that you touch these lips of clay. Enable me to preach the preaching that you bid us tonight. Hold back the forces of the enemy. I pray may the Word of God and the Spirit of God have free course in this place tonight. Save that soul near as hell and stir your people and we'll praise you and we'll thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen, you can be seated. I want you to look back at verse number 16 tonight where the Bible says, Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. I'm interested tonight in this man by the name of Judas. We find Peter as the him and disciples have gathered in that upper room and Peter is addressing that congregation concerning this one named Judas. There's some things we find in studying scripture about Judas. We find first of all that he was chosen. The Lord Jesus had indeed chosen Judas. The Bible said in verse 17 for he was numbered with us. The Lord had chosen this man though he never put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ he was chosen by Christ himself now I don't know what the Calvinist does with that he was chosen but wasn't right 
Amen. But he was called to be a disciple. I say this also. He was a comrade. For they said that he had a part in this ministry. He's numbered with us. Peter and these men, I considered him a close friend, a comrade in the ministry of the Lord Jesus. He was also counted on. For we find in John 12 and verse 6 that he carried the bag. He is the treasurer of this group. He was trusted by these disciples and looked to and counted on. Matter of fact, he's counted on at the Last Supper when Jesus said, the one I give the sop to, he's the one that's going to betray me. And he hands it to Judas and tells Judas, what you do, do quickly. And he heads out. The disciples thought he was going to purchase something for the feast. And the disciples thought maybe he's going to give something to the poor. That's how much they counted on Judas. But the more you study, you'll find out that Judas was a thief. I don't know how your mind comprehends this. It's bad enough somebody steal from a church, but to embezzle in the ministry of Christ. John 12, 6 said he had the bank, and he was a thief. Yeah, man, he's stealing from the money that is for the Lord Jesus in his earthly ministry. But not only is he a thief, but he's a traitor. He is the one for a few pieces of silver. Sells out the Son of God. Man, I don't know about you, but that grips my heart. To think about he walked with him, he talked with him, and he sells him out for something that's temporal, something that'll burn up, something that'll pass away. And he traded his soul out, my friend, for some silver. Not only is he a traitor, but I will say this, he is a tragedy. There's not a greater tragedy I believe in all of the word of God because after Judas over three years has traveled with Christ and, and all the things that have gone on, my friend betrays the Lord and according to Matthew 27 goes and hangs himself. Somebody said, now wait a minute preacher. The text you read said he fell headlong and busted up and his guts come out. And there must be a contradiction. Oh no. There's no contradiction in this book. He did go hang himself. Either the limb broke or the rope broke and he fell headlong and busted up. I'm going to tell you that what a tragedy. After being with the Lord all them years and winds up turning on Christ, winds up how my friend died without Christ. I wonder how many folk in the local churches of today, my friend, they're religious as the day is long, but they're going to be a tragedy. They're, they're turning away. They ain't putting faith in Christ. My friend, they're living for now, and there'll be a tragedy when this thing's over. I began thinking about this man Judas today, afresh, and the Lord began to speak to my heart. I begin to think on this thought. Here's what I want to preach on. I just a moment or two tonight. I want to preach on this subject. A man that nothing could move. A man that nothing could move. I'm afraid we're seeing that today 
in the 21st century. You've already been here. This is your fourth night. You've sung every night. You have prayed every night. There's been preaching every night. But there are those, though you have sat here night after night, nothing has moved you. You'd think after the year we have spent that people would be tender, have people be more willing to listen to God and, and turn to God, but they're not. Men are harder tonight than they be been in our lifetime. Oh, yeah. Judas was a man that nothing could move. What do you mean, preacher? Well, three things, and I'm done. First of all, may I say this? The miracles of Christ did not move Judas. I was studying today and remembered a certain book on my shelf on the miracles of Christ. And I began to look in the, the context there, the index, and over 30 some miracles that Christ had done in his earthly ministry was listed in a row. You think about all Judas saw. Now, I'm not trying to preach to make you shout. I want you to hear me. I'm afraid that we get worked up sometime and we're missing out. Now, I'm not against shouting. Don't go tell nobody I'm more emotional than you. I'll shout the drop of the hat and drop the hat to shout. And if you shout, I'll pour gasoline on you. Amen. I love it. I want to tell you something. We need something going to move us. Amen. We've gone to church week after week. And it's like nothing is moving us in this day. Hey, Judas wasn't moved. You think about it. He saw the eyes of the blind being able to see after they met Jesus. He saw that the deaf could leave Jesus and hear. He saw the lame man get up and take up his bed and walk out of that. He saw that. He saw the miracle of the dead being raised. He was there in that procession of deity that run into the procession of death in name with the widow woman was taking her boy out to the cemetery. He was there and all Jesus did was touch the casket. And the boy set up. Judas was there in Bethany when he came to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Judas saw him either float out of that tomb or hop out of that tomb. He didn't walk. He's bound hand and foot in great clothes. And he comes out and they loose him and let him. Judas saw dead men raised again. But the miracles didn't move him. Someone say, if I could see a miracle, I'd trust Christ. Judas saw 30 plus and it never changed him. You wouldn't believe with a miracle either. Oh, no, you wouldn't. You'd begin to try to explain it away. It's some kind of magician's trick. It's something the preachers dreamed at and the preachers worked at. You wouldn't believe a miracle either. You know what? They are miracles in here. There are people here that God, no doubt, touched with physical ailments. I'm living proof of that myself, that God touched me and raised me up at death's door. I'm glad for that. 
But I'm going to tell you the greatest of all miracles sits all around here and stands before you. It's when Christ sends the Holy Ghost after convicting old sinner's heart and that sinner repents and turns to God. That's the greatest miracle that's ever happened to anybody. Oh, we've seen it. We've experienced it. Boy, God changed my life. I was a 10-year-old boy. I wasn't a dopehead. I wasn't a drunkard. Why, Brother A.G., y'all know my mama. She'd beat the devil out of me. She's a short woman, but she welds a mean switch. But my life changed 41 years ago this spring. When God came where I was and birthed me in his family and I fell in love with the church and I fell in love with preaching and I fell in love with the Bible. It changed. The reason I'm here tonight is what happened to me back yonder. I got born again. It changed me. Amen. Think about it. The miracles didn't move Judas. People know you. Some of you were dopeheads. Some of you were drunkards. Some of you were wicked as it could get. But you had a head-on collision with the God of heaven. And it turned your world around. Amen. Took that beer bottle out and put a Bible in your hand. Oh, yes. Hey, as we sang tonight, he became your dearest friend. But people look and they're still not moved at the miracles of Christ. Judas was a man that wasn't moved. He saw, now listen to me. He saw this firsthand. We believe it by faith in this precious old book. And I want you to know I still believe the Bible. I've not changed Got no plans of changing. This Bible is the Word of God. But Judas saw it firsthand. He may have had some of them people got healed. Touch him as they went running by. You ever think about that? That old boy raised that, that paralytic boy in Mark 2. Got raised up and began. He might have hit Judas with that bed as he left. Amen. But he wasn't moved. Can I say number two? No, the miracles of Christ did not move him. Listen to this. The messages of Christ didn't move him. The prince of all preachers, he heard him for himself. Think about that just a minute. The sermon on the mount, Judas was there. He heard the blessings uh, pronounced. He heard about being salt and being light. He heard that great sermon. Never moved him. He heard, my friend, the parables being preached. Could you imagine Jesus preaching to you the parables? Telling you about a good Samaritan. Oh yeah, when everybody else passed that old boy up, had got attacked and was robbed and beat half to death. It was that Samaritan that come by pouring in oil and wine and put him on his beast and took him to the inn. Judas heard him preach that sermon. 
What about the prophecy that Jesus preached? Matthew 24, Matthew 25, telling them about the last days, telling them the temple's going to be destroyed. All these things, all the prophetic text that Jesus preached, and he's not moved. Think about that. Hey, preachers, I don't know how it is with y'all, but sometimes I go to preaching and I feel the touch of God on me. I believe the Lord's moving in the service and people are responding with amens and hallelujahs and glory to God. And then I start the invitation. And it's like the whole congregation changes. And them that I preach to's left and a bunch of deadheads are sitting there. They move. It don't matter what I preach. You think about that. We preach them, them beatitudes. We preach those parables of Christ. We preach prophetic text. Folk aren't moved. Matter of fact, you go preach that and they'll fall down and say, well, he must not have time to study this week. He's had to revert back to a parable. Oh, he's a preaching prophecy. Let's see if he can scare us. I remember a time where men preached prophecy and the saints shouted while they preached and they wept while they preached and when he'd start an invitation, it wasn't the sinner led the way. It was God's people falling in the altar knowing they got family and they got friends and they got neighbors that are going to be left behind if Jesus would come tonight. Oh, how it would grip them. How it would move them. How it calls them to go home and call them on the phone. I'd go the next day and witness to them. I'd go the next day give them a gospel track. Why, that's moved. You can preach it all now, Pastor Jeremy. And here's what independent Baptists will tell you. Preach to me. I can take it. Brother Dalton, I don't know how to take that. I get told that long, long ago. Oh, preacher, just preach anything. We can take it. I hope you can't just take it. I hope it does something to you. Amen. Oh, that's independent Baptist, and that is what I am. We're proud of all the hard preaching we've heard. Huh? We have heard the best of the best. Amen. We ain't moved. We're the same after the revival that we was before the revival. Amen. I'm just preaching what's on my heart. Hey, some say, well, you used to get more wound up. I'm a preaching in Holy Ghost gear. Amen. I'm telling my heart's concerned and broken that people can sit on our church pews and nothing touches them. Nothing moves them. They won't go to the altar. They won't do nothing. They stay the same. We'll make a statement. It might blow your mind, but I'm right. I've watched them hide on the altar. I'm for praying with one another, and I think somebody ought to talk to folk in the altar. I really do. But there's a lot of these big clusters that are going on in these meetings. Got 15, 16 people in a wad. They, but one of them doing any real praying. Rest of them just down there with them. That one get changed and the rest of that crowd still the same. 
Amen. I'm saying it. You've heard preaching already. You've got a pastor that can plow this good book. Amen. He'll preach you line upon line, precept upon precept. You know this book. But is it moving you? Preachers, all we can do is pray, prepare, and preach. I used to stay tore up all the time. I thought I was going to have to make people do something. It was a good day in my life when I got over trying to make people do anything. If this book and the Holy Ghost can't move you and change your life, there ain't anything I can do. Amen. The miracles of Christ did not move Judas. The messages of Christ didn't move Judas. Number three, the mercy of Christ didn't move Judas. What do you mean, preacher? Well, back there in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, when he comes to Christ there in the garden, boy, what, what man, here he is, the, the traitor, the man that sold him out. Matthew 26, listen to these words. Beginning in verse number 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve. It's interesting that he says that again. One of twelve. He's a part of, the, of the, those believers, but he never believed. That's right. Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying, whom sir I shall kiss, the, that same as he, uh, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hell, master, and kissed him. What about that? Talking just like he's always talked to Christ. Like nothing's going on. Master. What about that? Hell, that means... It's just like he's walked in the room other times before talking to Jesus. Whoa, that's him. Kisses him. But I want you to notice Jesus' response. And Jesus said unto him, friend. He didn't say, you dirty, rotten dog. He should have. He'd had right to. He didn't say, you traitor. But he said, friend, that's mercy. Jesus is a friend of sinners. And I'm glad he is. That religious crowd, it tore them up. But he'd go home with one. You think about that. He didn't just forgive them. He'd go home with them. I want to say this. I didn't get religion 41 years ago. I began a relationship with Jesus Christ 41 years ago. Religion would just make you mean and make you miserable. That's why they don't smile and they can't shout. They're miserable. They're mean as a junkyard dog. Amen. He looks at Judas and says, Friend, mercy, mercy. He's not moved by mercy. 
He goes, he goes to the wrong priest. He knows Christ is innocent, but he goes to the wrong priest and admits it to them and throws that money had he went to the great high priest. He could have been forgiven, but he went to the wrong priest. Throw that money down. Stepped over mercy and died without Christ. We'll tell you something. You've experienced mercy today. You've drove down the road today, whether it's been the, the, the big four lanes, six lanes, uh, uh, whatever road, or it's been a two-lane road. Man, on a two-lane road, you ever thought about this? You're a mere foot or two from eternity. All it takes that driver to play with his stupid phone. Take his eye off the road. Hit you head on, you'd be in eternity. Amen. But mercy got you to the house of God tonight. Oh, some of you said, I'm not going tonight. But mercy kept a pulling. And I kept a plea, you need to go. You, and here you are. Oh, you didn't want to be here, some of you. But mercy. Oh, yeah. Mercy got you in the house of God. Mercy has brought you to the house of mercy. Oh, and mercy has been extended to you again tonight. What's that? Some will step over that mercy. Die without Christ. You think about that. I'm talking about a man that nothing could move. We've heard nothing but about death. Death. Death, death, death for over a year. You ought to look up the totals. COVID wasn't but just the third killer in America. Heart disease and cancer still one and two. One of those groups had over 800,000 people died in those other groups. And we've heard about death and we've heard about death. But Brother Scott, it ain't a moving folk. They're still living like they got forever. I'll get saved some other time. Or well, that ain't for me. That's for somebody else. And, and I'm okay. And, and, and God's just going to let everybody go to heaven anyhow. Nothing moving people. You'd think in the church world we'd have one of the greatest revivals in the history of the church by now. But you know what God's people's done in the last year? They've stepped over mercy and binged on Netflix. And followed every conspiracy theory to the end of the earth. Are you hearing me? Nothing's moving, folk. We better say, God, get a hold of my heart. Help me not to be able to sit on the seat of do nothing. Help me not to be comfortable. Oh, are you hearing me? Oh, God, help me to uh, quit being uh, complacent and satisfied and understand this world's going to hell. And God's left me here to get the gospel out. Amen. Here, here's what's happening. I'm, I'm done right here. Here's what's going on. Talk about a man, another community, and people are not getting moved today. What's going on, preacher? Well, let me read you 
three verses and I'll be done. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 29, listen to this verse. A wicked man hardeneth his face. But as for the upright, he directed his ways. Proverbs chapter 28 now, verse 14. Happy is the, the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. Proverbs 29 and verse 1. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Are you noticing a, a pattern, a progression? It started with people hardening their face. What's that preacher? Just like folk tonight sitting right here. My generation would word it like this, they have a good poker face. You from that last day, you know what I'm talking about. They won't let you know they'll have nothing. They won't you think they got something. They learn how to control their outlook on their face. Well, they're doing that on our church pews. They can sit there. I won't, I'm not going to cry. I've learned how to keep them crying. I'll, I, I'll make sure the color stays in my face. I won't grip that pew and shake it. I, I know that nobody knows no, nothing's going on. That as soon as he's done, I'm out of here. But what the bad about that? It leads to that next one. Begin hardening your heart. Then after a while, you don't have to worry about hardening your face because your heart's got hard. Ain't nothing bothering you no more. Them songs that used to tear you up. Y'all do that song. But Scott, Rex Nillen family sung years ago, Holy is Thy Name. That's on that Sun Coming Up in the Morning album of theirs. There's two other songs on there that bothered me real bad as a boy being lost. My mom would play that thing while we was working around the house. And she'd get over that, I'd never miss heaven for the world. Boy, she... I'd, I'd say, boy, I'd be glad that thing's over with. I'd try to walk away. But mama would go over and pick that needle up and start that same song over again. Boy, it'd begin eating me up. But then she'd play that one song off of there. Whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord, that's what I'm willing to do. My mama's raising me, my two brothers, by herself. And she's saying, God, whatever it takes for them to get born again, I'm willing to do it. Boy, that get a hold of me. Amen. Some of you, they used to be some songs bothered you, but they don't bother you quite as much no more, do they? They used to be some of them sermons that used to really bother you. The preaching of the cross and the preaching on the coming of Christ. Oh, how it troubled you. But it don't quite bother you as much as it used to. What's sad, people are now getting to that third stage of Proverbs 29 1. Being often proved, what did it say? Hardeneth his neck. I will not get right. You can't preach hard enough. You can't scare me. That is where we are in the 21st century. People that are sitting on the pew week after week, they're the place they are hardening their neck. Well, I don't have to take that. I'll go down the road. 
They'll let me go join somebody. They'll let me. They're looking for people. Our church just runs them off. No, you've got a preacher preaching the Bible and people can't quite handle that book on and on and on and on. Hardening your face, hardening your heart, hardening your neck. Nothing moves you. I'm telling you, you ought to be real concerned. I'm not preaching this to scare you. I'm preaching you to get you to realize where you're at and what's going on in your life. Oh, listen, I, I know a lot of people hear me in meetings and, and I'm normal this 30 minutes and just boom and just shout. But I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Ghost has put this on my heart tonight. And I'm going to say something. I'm not preaching them that's not here. The God of heaven knew they wasn't making it tonight. He knew you were. I'm not preaching to them. I'm preaching to you. I'm not preaching that empty space on the I'm preaching to you. Because I'm going to tell you, even as a child of God, we ain't careful. We get kind of hard. That's why we need revival meetings. Amen. Begin breaking up that fallow ground in our heart afresh, getting it tilled up, getting that water and that seed in there. That's what we're here about. I love, I love high services. You've been around me enough, some of you, and a lot of you may not know me. Man, I, I, I'm high test. You can't get wild enough to scare me. I'll jump on piggyback ride with you. That's just how I am. And I love it. And boy, Sunday morning, God moved in our place, and they just, some folk began moving toward the altar. God just touched my heart, just started an invitation. A little girl got saved. Man, what a blessing. And I love that. You've ever been around Jubilee at the church? If you'd been there in 2019, I wasn't even there. I was in the hospital watching it from a, a computer screen. But 2020, I got in there. Boy, they got to singing, I know a man who can. It got bigger than I could contain. And I began to shout and rejoice and sat down and my sister pastor slapped me on the leg and said, that beats watching it in the hospital, don't it, preacher? And I lost it. Went running and skipping through the congregation. I love that. I'm for that. But you know what? That won't last till the next day, hardly. But them life-changing services. You look back in your life. That service you got saved. That service where you really began to dedicate your life to God. That service God called you to preach. That service that you began to draw nigh to God and felt Him draw nigh to you. Life changing. Life changing. That's what we need again. We need to get moved. Judas was a man that nothing could move. What about you tonight? What are you going to do? Father, take the message and use it for your honor and for your glory. I've tried my best to preach what you gave me. Lord, I pray you'd help the people to respond accordingly tonight. And Lord, I pray for that and it's lost. Lord, may they run to you and get born again. And all things you do, we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, let's stand. Thank you for joining us for today's Pulpit Hour, brought to you by The Preaching Channel. 
To listen to this message once again in its entirety, for a free download of this message or a variety of any other messages, or to listen to preaching 24 hours a day, you can visit the preaching channel at wgcrpreaching.net. If you don't have download capabilities, feel free to call and order a CD copy of today's message at 828-884-9427.